Job chapter 40, verse 1. And Jehovah doth answer Job and saith, Now he's already been talking, but he's going to say one last sentence. 2. Is the striver with the mighty instructed, the reprover of God, let him answer it. The Lord is talking directly to Job, and he's saying, You cannot instruct me, but you have said that you want me to answer you. But you can't command me to answer you, because I've created all these things and created you. You have no right to ask me to answer you. This sounds very harsh, but it's just factual. The Lord loved and adored Job. But he didn't stop being God just because he loved Job and he was so proud of Job and held him up to heaven as an example of a perfect follower. That didn't make him any less God. As God, he wasn't answerable to Job. And Job wanted the Lord to answer his question of why did you make me suffer? But the Lord is saying through his speech, I don't have to tell you why. Just the fact that I'm God should be enough for you. And this is a hard lesson that we all have to learn, and it has nothing to do with a lack of love. It's just that God is always going to be God, no matter how much he loves us. No matter how much he blesses us, or how much he curses us, or how much he disciplines us, or how much he remains silent when we're begging for an answer, he's still God. We cannot control him, and that includes not forcing him to answer for himself. The fact that he gave us life is enough. Because of his love and mercy and kindness, he will explain many, many, many mysteries to us. But he doesn't have to. He's not obligated. And that's all that he's telling Job. 3. And Job answereth Jehovah and saith. So now Job is answering because God told him to. He said, you need to speak now. For lo, I have been vile. What do I return to thee? My hand I have placed on my mouth. Job says, I'm a vile person. I can't speak to you, and I'm going to put my hand over my mouth. Now, originally, Job was asking the Lord to explain why he was allowing him to suffer as a righteous man. But now that God has spoken, Job is put in his place, and he says, no, I take it back. I'm ashamed that I even asked the question. People who hate God would say he has no reason to speak to us like this. A human being who is our equal may have no right to speak to us this way when we're in pain, but that's because they're our equal. God is not our equal. And that's what atheists and witches and secular people don't understand. God is not our equal, and he'll never be our equal. 5. Once I have spoken, and I answer not, and twice, and I addeth not. Job did speak more than once, but now that God has spoken, Job is silenced. 6. And Jehovah answereth Job out of the whirlwind, and saith, So now God is speaking again. 7. Gird, I pray thee, as a man thy loins, I ask thee, and cause thou me to know. Now the Lord is going to ask Job some questions. This book started out with Job asking the Lord questions, and the Lord says, Oh no, no, you got it all wrong. I'm going to ask you the questions. There is peace and hope in the fact that God is God and he is so far greater than us that we can't even stand before him. If God weren't that powerful and that great and that almighty that we couldn't stand before him and answer his questions or ask him to 
answer our questions, then it would be a very weak and terrifying situation that we would be in if it was a God that didn't have that much power. Then you and I couldn't trust the next day to come. You know what I mean? It takes a God of fire and all power and a God who we can't say anything to. It takes that kind of a God to be able to promise us heaven. This mighty, powerful God that a lot of people think is mean is the only God who could have ever created us in the first place and who could ever bring us to eternal light. So there's comfort in that. Just like when your parents punish you and discipline you, there's comfort in that because you know the fact that they have the power to discipline you shows that they also have the power to protect you. And the same God who destroys is the God who creates and heals and delivers. 8. Dost thou also make void my judgment? Dost thou condemn me that thou mayest be righteous? God says to Job, Would you wipe out my judgments and condemn me to keep yourself righteous? Job did, in a sense, want to wipe out God's judgments because Job didn't want to be punished anymore. He wanted the punishment to end, and he thought that he shouldn't be punished because he was blameless. He didn't have any unrepentant sin. But the Lord says, I'm allowed to judge you anyway, even if you have unrepentant sin, and you can't condemn my judgment and still be justified. 9. And an arm like God hast thou, and with a voice like him dost thou thunder? God says, Do you have the strength that I have, and do you thunder when you speak? 10. Put on, I pray thee, excellency and loftiness, yea, honor and beauty, put on. The Lord is wearing beauty. He's put a rainbow over his throne. He has a sapphire sea of glass under his throne. He has beautiful, majestic animals that have four faces around his throne. He's wrapped in glory and splendor. And Jesus even spoke of how he dressed the lilies in the field and how beautiful the flowers are. But none of us can even dress as well as a flower, let alone dress as well as God does. 11. Scatter abroad the wrath of thine anger, and see every proud one, and make him low. The Lord is sarcastically telling Job, Why don't you go and judge the proud and bring them low? 12. See every proud one, humble him, and tread down the wicked in their place. And the Lord says, Why don't you go and humble the wicked man? 13. Hide them in the dust together, their faces bind in secret. He says, why don't you bring the wicked people to death so that they are buried in the dirt? 14. And even I, I do praise thee, for thy right hand giveth salvation to thee. The Lord says, if you can do all this, then I'll praise you too, because your own right hand, your own strength will bring your own salvation. And this is why the Father honors the Son. The Son can do all of this on his own, because he is God. And the Son's right hand does bring salvation. Again, this is an allusion to the Son, who is Jesus Christ. 15. Lo, I pray thee, be a moth that I made with thee, grass as an ox he eateth. Now, be a moth is the rhinoceros. He does eat grass. 16. Lo, I pray thee, his power is in his loins, and his strength in the muscles of his belly. The loins are your private parts. In between his legs and in his belly, that's where all of the strength of the rhinoceros is. And the Lord is using the rhinoceros as an example of his great creations. 17. He doth bend his tail as a cedar, the sinews of his thighs are wrapped together.
He moves his tail as if it were a cedar. This doesn't mean that his tail is as big as a cedar tree. It just means it sways like a cedar would sway in the wind. And there is strength in all of his muscles, joints, and sinews in the thighs where he's really strong. 18. His bones are tubes of brass. And yeah, the rhinoceros' bones are just as strong as brass. His bones are as a bar of iron. And yes, that's very true. His bones are like iron. He is one of the strongest animals on the planet. 19. He is a beginning of the ways of God. His maker bringeth nigh his sword. He's an example of the most mighty animal that God has made. Only God can bring the rhino down by the sword, meaning only God can kill a rhino. That is not something that one man can do. 20. For food do mountains bear for him, and all the beasts of the field play there. The rhino gets his food in the mountains. And you might say, well, he lives in Africa. Yeah, but there's mountains in Africa. 21. Under shades he lieth down in a secret place of reed and mire. The reed and mire is in the big swamps and ponds where the rhino lives. So he lays down in the secret in the water under the mire. 22. Cover him do shades with their shadow. Cover him to the willows of the brook. The brush and the trees that grow over the pond cover the rhino so that you can't see. They put a shadow over him so that you can't see him down below the water. 23. Lo, a flood oppresseth. He doth not haste. He is confident, though Jordan doth come forth unto his mouth. So the rhino in the water can open his mouth, and a flood of water can go in, and it won't move him. He'll just keep standing, even when the torrent of water is going down the Jordan River. That rhino is still solid as can be in the bottom of the river. 24. Before his eyes doth one take him. With snares doth one pierce the nose. Can you overtake the rhino? Can you throw an arrow into his nose and kill him? No way. He would laugh at that and come and trample you. And that concludes Job chapter 40. The Lord will keep speaking in the next two chapters.